Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to gain recognition as a great resource for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and sales professionals. This is because of the wonderful people who join me here to have a conversation where they share their expertise so that you can get the answers you need and want for the um, more uh, successful and profitable operation of your business. Today, my guest is Vikram Rajan. Vic is the co-founder of phoneblogger.net and is also the creator of Inner Circles, the free LinkedIn networking add-on. Vic started Practice Marketing, Inc. as he realized attorneys, CPAs, and related professionals required specialized marketing help that complies with clients' professional code of conduct, ethics, and model rules. Vic has been a columnist for AICPA's largest publication for accountants, Forbes Online, and frequently helps to present CLE lectures through various bar associations. Thanks so much for joining me today, Vic. Thanks, Diane. Looking forward to it. Uh, me too. So we're going to be talking about LinkedIn, and this is, you know, these questions circulate all the time about uh, do people really need to be on LinkedIn? Is there really value in it? Is it turning into Facebook? So I am, you know, since this is your area, I am curious um, about not only how big is LinkedIn these days, but is it really a vital platform in the social media landscape? Sure. So, you know, it depends on who you are and what you're looking to do mainly, I would say. Um, you know, LinkedIn is huge. It is over 500 million users worldwide, mainly U.S., mainly English speaking. Um, it has become the default and de facto online resume and professional profile uh, where Facebook is, you know, the mothership when it comes to social networking with family, friends, and colleagues who have turned into friends. LinkedIn has uh, purposely, and I think thankfully, stayed professional. Um, as you alluded to, uh, they have definitely, um, I think unfortunately, tried to uh, uh, copy some of the design elements of Facebook. And I think that's kind of a wrong direction. I think we like to keep our world separate. 
to some extent where Facebook is mm-hmm. purposely and purposefully social and LinkedIn is professional. And, uh, you know, Facebook has their own professional world of workplace and they go into that world. And of course, LinkedIn can be social, you know, small talk after all social uh, in any work environment, um, holiday parties and the like. But, you know, for those of us who are professionals, uh, who run a practice or part of a larger firm and are part of the networking landscape, uh, LinkedIn is definitely important uh, for, for those who are uh, changing careers or changing jobs within a career, LinkedIn becomes important from a job board perspective. But from an entrepreneurial perspective uh, and business development perspective, LinkedIn is a great way of keeping our Rolodex, uh, quote unquote, our Rolodex up to date. And that was kind of the issue with the original Rolodex. And then if you remember a few years back, there were platforms where you'd get emails from people of, please update your contact information in my database. Um, and that was a, a terribly inefficient way because I'd have to update my information in like dozens of other people's database. And um, there's no real incentive for me to do that. <laughs> here, there's, right, here there's an incentive because I do want people to find me and I, it's kind of one and done. I could do it once. And uh, now everybody has that uh, who's connected with me can get a hold of me and and, and those, of course, not connected to me can spam me, which kind of is annoying, but LinkedIn's got to make money somehow. So in terms of it being vital, well, if you need to stay top of mind with referral relationships, if you find it useful in your career and in your practice uh, for people to find you professionally and to have that professional social network, then I would say LinkedIn is vital. It's the only network that is dedicated to professional peer-to-peer networking. Um, So it's carved that space out for itself, which I think is fantastic versus, you know, in the B2C and social networking world, you know, you have a myriad of options from Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and whatever will come next. Uh, But LinkedIn is poised that way and has become and stayed dominant that way. And to some extent, Google Plus was trying, but never really took foot when it comes to professional networking. So uh, depending on who you are and what you're looking to do, I would say, yeah, it's vital. That's great. Um, so sometimes it feels to me like people really think it's just for career change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that originally – it really was for recruiters and people like salespeople looking for jobs. Um, But it's really more than that. Right. I mean, when you were talking about, you know, the proverbial Rolodex made me chuckle because I know what that means. Uh, (laughs) Maybe some people who don't remember it, but we, we, it was LinkedIn is a great way, not only to keep our contact information up to date, as you said, but to be able to stay in contact with the people we meet at networking events and, and whatnot from a, right. like a sales perspective, a business perspective. Right. And, and so go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. And we're definitely a stepchild in that world when it comes to LinkedIn. LinkedIn's focus is, as, as you rightly pointed out, to headhunters, recruiters, uh, from uh, and both sides of that table, job seekers and job hirers um, is definitely their number one because they make money that way. And the second way that uh, uh, the second way LinkedIn makes money is through Sales Navigator, which is their premium offer, um, and that's really great for sales professionals to essentially cold contact people, and we may call it spam on the recipient end, but they are. Uh, trying to do their best as a sales professional. And, and so there's opportunity there for, for those of us in the sales role. You know, you know one person's junk is another person's uh, advertisements. Uh, and then, then the third way, of course, LinkedIn makes money is through those straight ads, kind of like sponsored posts and, you know, the, the ads on the side. And it's important to kind of keep that in mind because, of course, that's going to be their priority. Whomever is advertising or subscribing to Sales Navigator um, or is accessing and utilizing the job board aspect has to be their priority as any business needs to prioritize their revenue streams. So we who are using LinkedIn for free essentially become data that they're able to resell to those three channels. Um, And those of us who are networking on LinkedIn, um, again, is kind of the the stepchild to it because we're not the primary focus. Uh, Sharing content um, 
is not the primary focus, though they have tried to kind of throw us a bone with LinkedIn Publisher uh, and revamping LinkedIn Groups, which is still in the midst and still has to pan out whether it's going to be worthwhile because LinkedIn Groups became uh, not worthwhile. Um, so, you know, to that perspective, I think it's still very valuable and functional, uh, though it has some dysfunction um, that I've, I've, I've looked to actually even uh, Solve because LinkedIn can be a waste of time if done incorrectly. Well, I'm really glad. I mean, besides the fact that I'm really glad we're having this conversation, I'm really um, glad that you're able to shed some light on where it really stands, you know, in this marketplace and what it's really about and how it generates revenue because. I, people don't pay attention to that. They don't think, you know, they're not going to pay for Like, I don't pay for it, right? We're not going to pay for it, but then we don't want to be spammed with offers, but <laughs> that's how LinkedIn stays around. So yeah. they're going to let them through. It's sort of the necessary evil of, of the platform yeah. these days. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, you know, cable TV's original promise was supposed to be no ads because you're paying for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and again, just kind of, you know, before many people's times, you know, back when they were using Rolodexes. Uh, but, you know, look, they have to make money somehow. So the sponsored posts and, and essentially the spam in our inbox, it keeps LinkedIn alive. Now, you know, LinkedIn's no victim here. It's owned by Microsoft. So they, they've got some bucks in the bank. But it's good to be conscious of how these free, quote unquote, free platforms are making money. Um, I think it's a great learning lesson for us in business and B, we need to kind of understand their priority and kind of figure out workarounds uh, or else um, we're just going to be annoyed. And that's uh, kind of silly yeah. to, to use the platform and be annoyed. Yeah. 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 So um, when we talk about the whole networking aspect of it, mm-hmm. do you, I'm curious which side of this you are on. Are Are you a proponent of people uploading their entire contact base to LinkedIn or the other side, which says, don't do that and, and then go find the people who you're connected to or connect with them directly. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm conflicted with this. So it's hard for me to say which camp I really am on. So personally, um, because I do a lot of these types of interviews and I do a lot of presentations, I'm in the content marketing world. Um, I actually do, connect with almost anybody that wants to connect with me um, because they probably have attended something or joined my email list and et cetera. So I am very open to that. Um, For people who are reticent, uh, it's understandable that you would want kind of more quality connections, quality relationships over just mere quantity. Totally makes sense. And you're able to do that. you know, obviously, you want to stay away from the automatic syncing aspect of LinkedIn, which you know, defeats that uh, point of view. And of course, it helps LinkedIn because now they're able to essentially go into your whole database. Um, and you do have the ability to uncheck the people that you don't want to send invitations to. Most people ignore that and they end up just kind of sending invitations to everybody. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it's not as big as a faux pas as maybe people think it is. Definitely not, not nowadays. You're not the first person to essentially send some random LinkedIn invitation to someone. So they're not going to be shocked and appalled by your behavior. So if you did that, okay. Well, there may be people that you shouldn't connect with. Um, you know, we work with a lot of attorneys. So there may be not their client, but their client's adversaries uh, may not be the person they should be connecting with. Sometimes they shouldn't even be connecting with their own clients. Uh, You know, social workers shouldn't be connecting with their patients, things of that nature. So we have to be careful just because you've emailed them doesn't mean they should be in your LinkedIn world. But barring those kinds of extremes, because that's kind of common sense and you have to be careful, um, I don't see the harm and I actually see more value to having that large database of professional network. That if if somebody's in your circle of influence or you want them to be in your circle of influence in the real world, uh, then why not go ahead and link with them uh, on LinkedIn, connect with them on LinkedIn. Now, that does create another problem that I can talk about, Diane, in in terms of like the clutter of the home feed and how to fix that. However, 
you now have access to their world in terms of their potential attention. And now they are able to can, you know, network with you and, and your content, et cetera. So I think more good things come from connecting with more people than not. Now, again, you still have to be judicious in terms of ethical behavior, as well as kind of knowing whether or not that's you know, a quote-unquote quality person, which you know, then it becomes really awful to start judging people that way. But you know, look, we know who we want to connect with. If someone's really annoying to you, don't connect with them uh, or disconnect. Uh, but you know, for most of us, we're we're here uh, as consultants, as advisors, as entrepreneurs, as practitioners. Um, we're all, you know, I think I tend to see the good in people, and that I, I think people have good intentions for themselves for the most part, and thus uh, we could be relatively open with connecting with people on LinkedIn. But everyone has to kind of decide for themselves how automatic they want those connections to be through LinkedIn. Yeah, I agree with that. It's funny. I'm I'm like you because I do a lot of speaking and a lot of workshops yeah. and things. There's people who connect with me who I don't necessarily know, but I figure it's easy to disconnect with them if yeah. they end up being a jerk, right? And and I don't want to miss out on the possibility of being able to build that relationship because you know that's the platform they chose to connect on. And, and this is the platform to connect with when it comes to those types of professional acquaintances. Um, now, I'm a lot more judicious when it comes to Facebook because, you know, it's, yeah. you know, it, it's meant to be a different atmosphere. You know, that's, there's, you know, either I'm inviting people into my office or inviting someone into my living room and there's a different judgment to be made, you know, you know lunch versus dinner. You know, it's, oh. am I inviting them to essentially, you know, a corporate retreat or corporate atmosphere versus my family barbecue. You know, there's obvious decisions. And now sometimes we are, of course, linking with coworkers, colleagues uh, in, in our Facebook because we want to hang out with them. But that's a different relationship. With LinkedIn, you know, these are business card acquaintances. I think it's okay to, to be a little bit open and to connect now more than ever. You know, it, it's the days of this awkwardness of what is LinkedIn? Do I need to be on LinkedIn? I think it's at this point, it's a de facto professional network. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I love that example of I'm letting them into the, the you know, corporate offices or I'm letting them into my living room. That's a great way of looking at that. And I think that'll help yeah. people like, figure out who, who they're connecting with. Um, okay, so, so now I, one of my questions for you is if LinkedIn really helps with search engine results. Because I've heard that it does, that your participation on the mm -hmm. social networks mm -hmm. does. So I'm just curious if that is indeed true. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There, absolutely. So there, you know, there's the search engines that everyone thinks of, Google, et cetera. Uh, and then internally, LinkedIn has their own search engine to find content. So both actually are affected wonderfully. Um, of course, it's only affected when you're active on LinkedIn. And the profile is one aspect. Uh, but that's, you know, and you can optimize a LinkedIn profile with keywords like anything else for you to be found within the LinkedIn universe, within LinkedIn search. Um, when people think about uh, search engine optimization, SEO, when it comes to LinkedIn, they're really thinking about LinkedIn Publisher. So LinkedIn Publisher is LinkedIn's blogging platform, and that's really for long-form content. Long-form meaning anything larger or longer than a status update. Uh, so status updates like a Facebook status update or a tweet uh, is really right on top on the home feed. You know, it's really easy. Hopefully everyone kind of can visualize that from other social media and, of course, from LinkedIn itself. Uh, but then right there you can uh, cre uh, create an article, and that's LinkedIn Publisher. And, you know, our clients are bloggers, so they're, they're, so they're subject matter experts. They're professionals who happen to blog, I should say. And... We want their articles in both places. We want their article to be on their website blog, but also on LinkedIn Publisher, because LinkedIn is going to have way more SEO juice than any of our individual practice websites. Uh, just the nature of the game, you can imagine the behemoth LinkedIn is compared to any of ours. Um, and so because of that, any links that LinkedIn has tend to rank better. In fact, it's a great exercise to do uh, very often. I always have my clients do it in the beginning, is to open up their browser, go to Google, preferably go to Google in incognito or privacy mode so that um, the cookies aren't really there tracking you. Other things may track you, but from a Google search, it won't. And type in your name or type in your firm practice business name. 
and see what comes up. And more times than not, your LinkedIn profile will actually outrank your regular website. Uh, and that annoys a lot of people, especially if they put some effort into SEO for their website. Uh, but I'm like, well, look, if you can't beat them, join them. So that's why uh, we want LinkedIn Publisher to kind of be active with content. Um, and, and look, if that's okay, the amount of effort that it's going to take um, is silly. You may as well utilize and leverage the uh, potent SEO juice of LinkedIn. Uh, and that's really, again, LinkedIn publishes the longer articles. Now, if you have a, a blog article on your website and you share it and you link it as a status update, that doesn't help as much because essentially the content is really living on your website. It's really when you're frequently updating your LinkedIn uh, profile, which uh, goes through your LinkedIn publisher. Um, and then people ask how often, you know, really once or twice a month is kind of good enough. You know, you can, you can do it uh, more than that, but I think that can be very overwhelming for most people. But I think once or twice a month is doable. Um, you know, we do it for our clients uh, through a, a phone blogging process. But people can uh, write up blog articles relatively simply um, and publish it on, on LinkedIn Publisher. And, and people could do that even without having their own website blog. Though, I caution, I say, look, we never know what LinkedIn or any of these social media platforms are going to do tomorrow or next month. And so if they decide that LinkedIn Publisher isn't making them money, which in, in a way it isn't, they could decide, oh yeah, we're, we're going to remove it. And now all that content goes away. So at the very least, your website becomes an archive, a clearinghouse for all your professional writing, even if LinkedIn Publisher is gonna give you more juice uh, in the short term. Over the long term, you want people coming back to your website. Uh, and that, that's the case for any social media platforms. Don't rely on uh, them uh, because they have you know, their, own, um, their own goals and, and you have yeah. yours. So, um, that's kind of a way to temper both worlds. Okay, but so am I hearing you correctly that you can have the same content in two different places? So, short answer, of course you can. I hear that and immediately uh, bells ring in my brain from a, a, a search engine optimization issue because Google does not like the same content in multiple places. Um, and that's kind of a, there are like you know, a couple of rules of SEO that you should always kind of know. And that's to have the same content in a dozen places or more, and I don't know what the real number is. I don't think Google really even discloses that. Google gets annoyed by that uh, because essentially they feel you're looking to game the system, and there are plenty of SEO professionals out there who act unprofessionally by gaming or hacking or tricking and there are all sorts of synonyms to basically doing things that aren't really cool and it's kind of like following a fad diet or starving yourself and it's like look those things could possibly work in the short term um but you know we know from a healthy perspective that's obviously not the right way and you know we should have a balanced approach to eating and exercise and muscle building we all know what the right thing is though we all want to kind of find the magic pill uh so one of the magic pills is to have content and link back and forth and without avoiding the negative stuff uh, or by avoiding the negative stuff, what you should rather do is focus on having original content in multiple places. Now, that being said, Diane, you having an article on LinkedIn Publisher and having that same article on your blog won't hurt you from a search engine optimization standpoint um, because it's, that's only in two places. It's really when you start having the same content uh, in dozens of places that has an SEO impact. Oh. So, I don't know if that's literally where you were going to go with that question, but I kind yeah, of yeah, that was up. exactly where I was going yeah. with that question. That's yeah, I wanted to put that out there immediately because uh, it, it, as soon as I start hearing, wait, you want to have duplicate content, that's a red flag. Yeah, and so yes, yeah. So you have to be careful of that. Uh, of course, you can uh, have a different article on LinkedIn Publisher, uh, but it's well worth it to have it in both places. Or you have an excerpt on LinkedIn Publisher, and you can link back to your blog. LinkedIn doesn't really like that. Uh, but that is another avenue you could take. They like uh, original okay. and full content. Okay. I learned of something from a friend of mine. So I have articles on LinkedIn, um, not enough, but but I do. Mm -hmm. And what I learned was there's a thing called Lumen5 where you can take the link and load it into Lumen5 and it'll create like a video. Sure. So then I put the video on my blog. Sure, sure, sure. So sort of, you know, the an interesting way of using some of the same content. It doesn't take all of the content, but. Correct. Yeah. 
takes an alphabet. So, okay. So then how do people get their connections to engage with that content that they're putting on LinkedIn? It's a good question. So I get that a lot, right? So that. Yeah. So that's like the, the, the million dollar question. And <laughs> I always go back to the golden rule. You do unto others what you want others to do unto you. And the more you like, comment, and share, and introduce other people, the more other people will do that for you. They will start liking, commenting, sharing your content. Uh, so we're all in this game. We're all sharing content on LinkedIn, either a status update, a long form, or a link, or video, what have you. Um, and so we're all wondering how to do it. And it's like, well, look, the best way uh, to be interesting to others is to be interested in others. And if you take that time, and, and of course, you know, we'll talk about, you know, the difficulty of that with LinkedIn, and, and you know, we have a, a relatively free solution to that, but that's the secret. Uh, it's not a big deal, but we all know it, that if we're just the one doing all the talking, sooner or later, people zone out because they've got their own stuff that they're thinking about. But if you ask them questions and you engage with them and you comment on what they're doing literally in real life or figuratively and, and, and through the buttons on LinkedIn, they're going to pay attention to you. Uh, at the very least, it's from uh, sheer guilt because this guy is now liking and sharing my content. I better see what he or she is doing. Um, or through real authentic reciprocity that they want to uh, – add value to you, to use that generic phrase. They want to look at what you're doing because you have taken the time to be interested in what they're doing. So it's not that difficult. Now, of course, your content should be interesting. We judge a book by its cover, so we judge articles by its, uh, by its title and subject line when it comes to email newsletters. So those things are important. Um, LinkedIn, like other social media, have become very photo and image centric, so you definitely want to have images with your content, at least one. Um, so that's another kind of a, a trick of the trade to make sure it's there. Uh, video is fast becoming the priority for all these social media. Facebook has announced that. LinkedIn uh, has now has native video, as they call it, meaning you can upload video directly. And video, uh, like TV in general, is more eye-catchy than even a still photograph and, and then just even text. So those are kind of three aspects of content uh, to make it more interesting where people want to look at it. Uh, but what defeats, or pardon, not defeats, but what, what is even more important than all those tricks of how to make your content eye-catchy is to have the relationship there with people where you've invested in time and energy into what they're posting, and so they will return the favor by nature. Yeah, it's so great. Uh, it, it really is. It keeps coming back for me around to the idea of the relationships that you have with people. I mean, you can have connections, which is great, but you also want to be investing some time in paying attention to those connections and building those relationships with them. And as you said, you know, being interested in, in what's going on with them because over the long term, that's going to serve you and your business better. Yeah, and now, you know, physically and logistically, LinkedIn makes that really annoying. Yeah. So for typically, you know, we will have a couple of hundred connections just by nature of LinkedIn. Those of us who do a lot of networking and public speaking and, and things of that nature will end up having maybe even a couple of thousand. I know people with like tens of thousands. Um, so what the problem is you go into your home feed on LinkedIn and now when you think of like, all right, this is the golden rule. I want to engage with people. You start scrolling and invariably it's like, who the heck are all these people? I barely know them. And, or I kind of know them, but I'm not really all that interested in what they're posting. Um, where are the people that I really need to engage with? Where are my VIP connections, um, whom I call your inner circle? Where are your clients, your referral relationships, uh, people who are really influential to you? And, and again, it's awkward to, to use words of judgment of who's more important than others. Uh, but we all know realistically some people matter more than others to you at this particular moment, you know, without demeaning their self-worth, et cetera. 
But we know that some people are, you know, if they, someone gives you five referrals and someone hasn't given you any referrals, well, we know who's more important. Someone pays you money versus doesn't pay you money. So there are people that we need to spend more time with financially, economically, from a business standpoint. Unfortunately, LinkedIn doesn't really do a great job with that. Even with LinkedIn's algorithm, trying to predict who you will want to engage with can never really know, um, you know, unless you tell them in some way who your clients are, who your referral relationships are, or just who people are who you know are influential, even if they haven't ever referred you. Um, and, and, and that's always kind of been annoying. You know, Twitter has these things called Twitter lists where you can essentially categorize people. If you use a system like MailChimp or Constant Contact, you have these category segments where you can essentially segment your email list. But when it comes to LinkedIn, they don't actually have anything like that. And that, I think, really inhibits networking. Now, they don't really care because they're not really interested in us networking. Again, it's not how they make money. Yeah. Um, so uh, at my company, we essentially created a free add-on um, called Inner Circles. And we can essentially now just group people by whatever label we want to call them, maybe they're prospects, maybe they're our media connections, uh, maybe they're kind of group influencers or people who um, hire uh, public speakers, et cetera, or referral relationships. And now, once I group these connections of mine that I have usually a pretty good relationship with, um, and, and I want to have a stronger relationship with, right? I call them my inner circle, and I have different circles. I can now click into that and just see those 10 people, 20 people, um, and see what they've posted. And now I can take focused amount of time to like, comment, and share on just their posts. And it removes the clutter of all the other people that aren't all that important to me right now. That, that doesn't mean wow. that I wouldn't want to go into my home feed and, and do the scrolling and scrolling because, you know, you'll stumble upon people and then, you know, it'll yeah. be interesting to see what they do. But when in the nooks and crannies of our day, when we only have a couple of minutes, I'd rather kind of go in with a scalpel and, and a laser focus and kind of get the job done when it comes to that uh, interaction and engagement where I'm, I'm spending time with other people's content, knowing that these are, you know, it's like the 80-20 rule, right? It's like these are uh, the, the 20%. Uh, that makes 80% of the difference when it comes to networking. Um, and, and now I'm kind of using the golden rule and the Proto principle to, to do really efficient, <laughs> effective LinkedIn networking. That's really great. Okay, I, I have to take a quick sponsor break, and then I have some more questions for you. Sure. Uh, Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. If you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are Seven Stories Every Salesperson Must Tell by Mike Adams and The Irresistible Consultant's Guide to Winning Clients by David A. Fields. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're speaking with Vic Rajan about LinkedIn and how to use it more effectively. And um, so, Vic, I'd like you to um, talk a little bit more about how someone goes about like you know creating one of these inner circles if you would yeah sure it's, it's really easy well first they should uh, install it um so they could go to www.inner.ooo not .com but inner.ooo and there uh they can essentially attach it to their chrome browser uh if they use firefox uh, that should be out within about uh, well by the time this airs in november it probably will be out um and safari uh soon after and it basically just attaches to your linkedin so when you install it, it kind of it's really intuitive it's really easy it's meant for like non-geeks so it, it's nothing complicated about it really so once you uh, install it you log into your linkedin and it'll kind of walk you through the process there are a couple of ways to add people to your inner circles. The way I like doing it is literally just copying and pasting names right into it. Uh, you don't need their email addresses or anything else, um, just their first and last name. 
Um, and we typically have those names somewhere. So if we use a CRM, a contact manager, or some other type of way of keeping track of our clients, um, I could assume you do in some way, I'll just copy and paste their names right in. Um, hopefully you keep a list of prospects in some way, in some type of sales tool or just an Excel spreadsheet, copy and paste their names in. Better that it's in a different circle so that it, things don't get cluttered, because the whole point is to de defeat the, the clutter of LinkedIn. Um, but then, so that's the easiest way, is to just copy, or if you belong to networking groups and you kind of have a list of the members in, of your own networking group, copy and paste their names. Um, what it'll do, the system will do, is immediately bring together those people. Now, if, they, those, uh, if any of those people aren't actually part of your first degree in LinkedIn, it'll show you that, and it gives you the ability to just bring them into your first degree of LinkedIn. That's just kind of a LinkedIn thing, because if you're not actually LinkedIn with them, then obviously they're not really in your inner circle of LinkedIn. So that's, the kind, of, you know, that's kind of you know, housekeeping cleanup. Um, but that's really how easy it is. Now, there's another aspect where if you want to automatically create an inner circle based on keywords, you can. For example, if I want to create an inner circle of, of all the media connections I know, people who host things like a podcast like yourself or a TV host, a radio host, I can essentially... Uh, search by keyword uh, using inner circles uh, and just type in phrases like that podcast TV radio and essentially it will do one of two things uh, and it's really easier to see this than to talk about it but there's one option where it'll automatically create an inner circle based on keywords based on all the people that you're connected to first degree and create an inner circle out of that I don't use that personally as much because I like to have a little bit of control who I actually think is in my inner circle it's just because I'm connected to them on LinkedIn uh, and just because they happen to host a podcast or happen to you know, be on TV uh, or just use the words in their profile doesn't necessarily mean they're in my inner circle. So there's the other option of kind of click manual and now it brings me to uh, essentially a LinkedIn search results page and there I can very quickly drag them into a specific inner circle or multiple circles because someone could be a client as well as an influencer, right? So I can have multiple, someone in multiple circles, and it's really that easy. Um, and that's kind of the the setup process, which you know, like a bonsai tree, doesn't ever go away. But you know, the initial setup takes maybe a couple of minutes, but it's really fun to do. Uh, and then every now and then, you want to add more people to your inner circle or take them out, and that's fine. Uh, but the actual process is you click into your circles, you you'll see the labels, and then it's kind of um, you know, in the in the software world, we call it accordion. It's kind of like a file filing system. You click a name, it opens up, and you see all their posts. And you can close them back up and go to the next name, and it'll tell you when there are new posts part of that name. But it just basically gives us now a simplified LinkedIn interface that I can now go in and very quickly like, comment, and share. The other aspect that I like about inner circles, uh, it's kind of talking about the golden rule. I call it golden rulers because LinkedIn does a great job at telling us uh, about who engaged with our posts, who liked our posts, who commented, shared our posts. But it doesn't keep track of what we've done unto others, uh, which that, you know, pay it forward, give first, all that kind of perspective of the golden rule. That's the whole point of networking, in my opinion, is, you know, plant those seeds, yeah. uh, dig the well, all those phrases. So, this thing called inner circles that we developed will keep track of that. So as I like your post and comment on his post and share her post, it'll actually keep track of that. It'll just kind of tell me how many times I've done that because if I consider you part of my VIP inner circles and I've never done anything to your content, like comment and share, I've never done any of that. Then, you know, how am I exhibiting that you're part of my VIP inner circle on LinkedIn? I'm exhibiting that only through engaging with your content. And maybe it's with the ulterior hope, ulterior motive of I'm hoping that you would reciprocate and do it unto me. Um, but you know, hopefully there's a, a bit of authenticity that I am truly interested in what you do. Um, you know, I can't... Uh, I can't remove human nature from this tool, uh, but there is that authentic, and, and usually it's true, because if these people are in your inner circle, you actually are interested in what they're doing, even if there is the hope that they would re return the favor, you are probably legitimately interested in what they're up to, because 
they're, they're more than connections, they're colleagues, they're your VIP relationships. So we do want to know what they're up to. Um, so that kind of filters itself out where it's very simple, you know, to add inner circles and, and to kind of keep up with it is really fun. And um, yeah, I mean, those kind of the basics of, of what the tool does. That's great. Now, is there, um, do you have like a rule of thumb of how often someone should be using LinkedIn? Like how many times a day, how many days a week? I say two or three times a week at most. I think okay. for most of us, um, we really don't have, you know, if we're a headhunter, professional recruiter, or if we're actively looking for a job, then of course there's that transactional aspect is there at the project and you need to stay on top of it. But as a networker or as an entrepreneur or a consultant, that type of fo folks like us, um, you know, it, it'd be nice to say that go on LinkedIn uh, on a daily basis, but you know, if you use a tool like Inner Circles, which, you know, for me, it's when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So, of course, that's my priority. <laughs> so I use Inner Circles, of course. I don't have to log on to LinkedIn every day because I'm never going to miss someone's post, someone who's really important to me, because they're going to be in my Inner Circles. And that's the issue with LinkedIn or any other social network. It all goes chronological for the most part. So yeah. if you post something really important today, but I log on, you know, in two days from now, the likelihood of me ever seeing your post is practically zero because you've, you're very quickly going lower and lower in this like pile of papers and you're at the bottom of the pile of papers and that bottom keeps growing. So you're like deep, deep, deep. And I'll never actually see what you just posted. Uh, and that's really annoying uh, to you, of course, because I never see it. But it's also annoying to me because I actually do want to see what you posted. Right. Um, but now that I have you in my inner circles, I can very quickly quickly click your name and see even if you posted it last week or a month ago uh, and all the posts that you've posted so I'll never miss a beat from someone so I don't necessarily need to feel uh, that I have to log on to LinkedIn that often you know two three times a week or one or two times even just to kind of keep up with what people are doing um, is really good enough uh, now the random scrolling can still happen so if you feel like scrolling and scrolling for the sake of it um, which really isn't as fun on LinkedIn as it is on other social media because most people do it usually while watching TV. But with LinkedIn, it's like, it's not social. It's not meant to be this fun distraction. Um, so you know, I, I don't find that need of, of scrolling and scrolling. I find that annoying, which is why we created Inner Circles. So hopefully that answers the question that it's kind of, you know, again, if you use Inner Circles, it, the pressure's off. You'll never miss yeah. a need, you know. Yeah, it, it does. It does. It does lead me to a question, though. Um, so I think I know that people can export their connections data from LinkedIn, but can they segment and categorize it before they export it? Yeah. Um, that's kind of one of the, the, the cool aspects of it. Yeah. So LinkedIn used to make it really easy to export your connections. They've actually made it more complicated now. That's, first mm -hmm. of all, it's kind of annoying. But even then, when you export out of LinkedIn kind of natively, you know, the, the way LinkedIn makes it, you're basically just exporting everyone en masse. Um, and that's just kind of annoying. Um, but once you create these inner circles, you can then export that. And essentially, the segments are there. Uh, and and it basically, it's an Excel spreadsheet, but different worksheets or tabs, as they call it. So um, then you can upload it to MailChimp or Constant Contact, et cetera, and have these categories. So if you've taken the time to curate or categorize your LinkedIn connections um, as like, these are all my clients, these are all media influencers, these are all people who run groups, or these are all HR executives, or whatever categories you have, you're now able to, to utilize it um, in a in a email system or any other CRM, you know, wherever you can upload uh, an Excel file. Okay, but if someone wanted to do it backwards, if they wanted to um, like export their connections so they could look at all of their firsts and figure out which ones they wanted in inner circles, yeah. they can do that. Yeah, they can. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's it's easier. Um, to think about it first 
because what will happen if you, you can export your whole connections using inner circles or LinkedIn uh, and then kind of go through that list. But it's actually easier just to do it live right on LinkedIn because uh, we put a little dot next to your first degree connections when you use LinkedIn. And you just mouse over it and add it to an inner circle. It's like really easy. So oh. we've made it very, very pain free. Wow. Because my clients like don't have a lot of time. I don't think anyone right. has a lot of time. Yeah, this concept of having to go through like a thousand names and then having to, you know, check it off of on a spreadsheet, that's like a pain in the neck. Now, most likely we already have, each of us already have these names in categories somewhere or can do it very easily. You know, if I were to say, hey, Diane, who are all your clients? I can only assume you have it in some type of, you know, just at the very least billing software, uh, right. QuickBooks, et cetera. Uh, or you could pretty much, if you don't have it anywhere, uh, very quickly type out those names and, you know, type it in an email or type it in a Word or Google Docs and then right. copy and paste it right into the inner circles interfaces. It's actually, that that's way more easy than yeah. what you're proposing. Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, thanks for that. That That is absolutely true. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, I, I, I think this is fascinating. I appreciate um, that you guys decided to come up with this solution because I agree with you beside the fact that um, I think those of us who are connected to a lot of people do run into that where we're not necessarily seeing the interaction of the people who we want to be participating with and communicating with I agree that LinkedIn has a tendency to make things harder than they really need to be so mm -hmm. it creates frustration for people um, <laughs> So this sounds like it, it really gets rid of that. So will you um, tell the listeners how they can find you and, and inner circles and all that good stuff, please? Yeah. So, uh, of course, my email address is probably the simplest way, and that's Vic, V-I-K, at phoneblogger.net, P-H-O-N-E-B-L-O-G-G-E-R.net. So phoneblogger.net is my website, uh, but Vic at phoneblogger.net, my email address. Um, Inner Circles, as I mentioned before, www.inner.ooo is the easiest way to install that. Um, and of course, uh, if you type in my name, Vikram Rajan, in LinkedIn, uh, I'm very active on LinkedIn, as you can imagine. So you can connect with me there and be happy to connect with uh, anyone listening to this. Um, oh, that, that is wonderful. Thank you. And before I um, let you go, will you explain quickly what phone bloggers, because I heard you say before that you've created something so that people can do their blogs by phone. Mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. is that right? Okay. What is yeah. That? So, you know, our, our clients need to stay top of mind with their referral relationships. So they need to send out blog posts and update their LinkedIn and send out email newsletters. But um, our clients are thankfully very busy uh, doing the real work of their practice, working with their clients as attorneys or as accountants. Uh, so the blogging stuff falls by the wayside, but they know they need to keep it up from not only a search engine standpoint, but also word of mouth referrals. So we brainstorm article ideas with our clients over the phone and then interview them over the telephone, record what they say, and turn what they say into optimized posts using their words, their expertise, their personality. The line we like to use is, if you can say it in five minutes, they can read it in five minutes. So a blog article is around that five-minute mark of attention span, and um, that's essentially how short a phone blogging call is. It's about five to ten minutes, and think of it as giving a mini-seminar on the topic, um, and that turns into a phone blog. Essentially, it's a, it's a text blog. Uh, we are right now uh, in the midst of uh, testing out a video blogging solution as well, uh, because you know video is taking over. You know, Facebook yeah. is focused on video, LinkedIn is focused on video, we know it's the future. The issue our clients have you know, with blogging is the time aspect of coming up with ideas and editing the article and optimizing it and getting it onto the website and from an SEO and social media and getting all that stuff done. But video has an even greater challenge because so many of us are just downright terrified of being live on video. And uh, you know, unless we get over that fear in some way, we're just gonna miss the boat dismiss the wave of reaching our target market because you know millennials are maturing they're no longer kids out of college living in their parents basement you know they are uh they're they they're having more complex lives they're needing our services because they're in their late 20s early 30s and in a couple of years it's going to be mid to late 30s 
Uh, so they're a huge market for video, but all of us are. You know, we, we all watch online video from Gen X to baby boomers, et cetera. So we have to help our clients do it in a, a simple way. Um, so it, it, I'm not ready yet to talk about it, but maybe in the future we'll, uh, we'll chat again and, and talk about how we can uh, make video blogging and, and do it together and get it uh, to be fun and get it done. That's great. Well, keep me posted on that because I, I totally hear you on the whole video thing. And I was just talking to somebody this morning who was saying that um, she's great in meetings. She's great on the phone. Put her camera in front of her and she can't speak. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, that so, is yeah, We hear it all the time. And, 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 and again, we, you know, we feel we have the solution, you know, but, uh, but we, we want to make sure it works really yeah. wonderfully. So uh, really yeah. by... I would say January 2019, we'll be ready to take on people to really help them practice and, and do video blogging together, fun and done. That's great. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing this information. And I also like to thank the listeners and our sponsor. If you would like to get a free trial of audible.com as well as a free audio book, go to audibletrial.com slash business growth to sign up for that trial. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) (laughs) Right.